This book is set during a 10-year period in the 50s and 60s, 1953-1963, which on the surface was dark and puritanical, but underneath was a seething ferment of creativity with painters, poets, photographers, writers, and actors all clamoring to be heard. I longed to be part of that ferment, but I was so spoiled and privileged and in such a daze, it's a miracle that I accomplished as much as I did. Suicide survivors are usually workaholics. I certainly was. I worked nonstop. Many different kinds of men helped me evolve in many different ways. They were friends and colleagues, in some cases lovers and husbands. And they were mentors, too, like Gore Vidal, Aaliyah Kazan, and Lee Strasberg. Looking back on it, I can't figure out how I did everything I did because I seemed to be doing everything at once in those days. Before I turned 20, I'd earned my first paycheck, opened my first bank account, was in college and auditioning. I loved my independence and reveled in my vagabond existence. The problem was that part of me felt pressured to conform so as to be accepted as a woman. It was the 50s, after all. The push-pull of so many forces, especially from my parents, their demands, their needs, versus my demands and my needs, is also very much part of this story. Slowly but surely, I learned how to stand up for myself personally and professionally, and my ambivalence and confusion lessened. One of the high points of my life, maybe the highest, was being accepted as a member of the actor's studio. Not to be confused with the TV series Inside the Actor's Studio, hosted by James Lipton. At the time, the studio, the birthplace of the method, was the most influential and talked-about workshop for actors in America. Passing my final audition was a singular honor. I was one of five to be accepted that year. Five out of five hundred. However, I couldn't participate in classes at first. Since my brother's suicide, I'd hidden behind a silent, detached facade. Instead, I'd sit in the back row of the brick wall theater, writing down everything I was observing, listening to the studio's master teacher, Lee Strasberg, as he challenged actors to dig for internal truths. Back then, I was a watcher, more than a doer. Lee was the first person to encourage me to write. Once he came by as I was scribbling into a notebook and murmured, Darling, maybe you should do what you were doing instead of acting. You seem to be enjoying it more. Did I hear what he said? Really hear him? No, not yet. Because I wanted to prove to him that I could act. By then I'd worked for Lee, and he'd been surprisingly gentle with me, although we both knew I'd been awful. He got tougher with me as time went on. He wouldn't let me get away with faking. He was always talking about behavior, behavior, behavior. Truthful, genuine behavior. Real behavior. I was already acting professionally when I got into the studio, so I knew how to project externally, but working at the studio forced me to open up and tap into my inner self. For the next ten years, I appeared on Broadway and off, directed by Garson Kanan and Harold Clerman, on TV with George Roy Hill, and then I was featured opposite Audrey Hepburn in The Nun Story. The memories of those experiences, 
in theater and film remain vivid to me decades after the fact. I've always wanted to share them. But in the end, what I've needed most is to share the bittersweet recollections I have of my beloved little brother Bart. He is at the heart of this journey. We were closest twins. I confided in him, depended on him, adored him. But I can't explain what he did. I refuse to be an armchair shrink. I don't think I've been self-indulgent in these pages. I dislike sentimentality. Instead, I truly believe I've shown how the glories in my life outweigh the bleak and the terrible. Writing this book has been cathartic. It's finally caused me to feel. I've cried and cried as I've written it. But that's good. My emotions were rock solid for so many years. Now as I...